KVBL Radio is back. More trades, more reactions, more stuff to talk about. Never a dull day in KVBL land. And maybe that's why people are making these deals. Because they want to give us more things to talk about, thus giving everybody more content. So yeah, I got some teasers. I got some teasers here for today's pod. And one of them was... KJ made one of the worst deals in a long time. I'll tell you why he might end up winning the trade if you keep on listening. But first, the Bucks and the Hawks make another trade again. Now, I feel like lately it's been the Hawks getting over on the Bucks more so than the other way around, where the Hawks have been getting the better better pieces. I feel like this happened where the Bucks gave like a lotto pick to dump a guy one season. I forget how that happened. Or maybe they got the pick back. I kind of forget. But there's just so many trades between these two teams. So like if there's true, true one true real club, it's that these guys constantly help each other out. And it's funny how they end up being on opposite rebuilding plans you know, at the same time. So one guy can move the asset to the other for a young, for a young guy. So now that the Bucks have, are going into like the double rebuild, they're kind of, you know, they didn't really end up with lotto luck. Like we mentioned, he, he extended all these weird guys that because he wasn't able to get top picks, uh, you know, Myberg's nice. I think that's a guy he drafted, traded for Mario. And, you know, now Mario gets dealt for a triple a, but, you know, the Bucks were in a spot where this rebuild that they had, they really didn't end up landing any top guys. And they got stuck with the kind of these weird guys that he extended. We saw the writing on the wall. We said, you know, he's locked up for four or five seasons on these weird contracts. So the Bucks rebuild was pretty much right there. We, we saw it. We said it made sense. Um, so the fact that these deals kind of happen now, you know, it's not surprising. And, you know, look, we, we want to kill, I guess I want to kill the Bucks deal, and it's really not that big of a deal because, um, you know, AAA is a nice prospect, but it really just all matters on how you value the player. I feel like in a fair swap, I mean, Mario's only 27. He's extended. He's really good. Yes, he's only small forward, power forward, and that maybe hurts if he was clearly had shooting guard availability or, I guess, center availability. That would make him closer to Chow like everyone's talking about. But I guess it's I guess it just comes down to I'm probably just not as big of a fan of Chow as everyone else is. Whereas I was probably in the Bailey camp before and it makes sense of why I'm in the Mario camp. I just like that Mario's almost half the price. I get the fact that Chow rebounds and steals more, um, but he's been slowly regressing. So it's like he is the win now piece. You know, it's like you have a one or two year window with this guy. I just like the fact that Mario is cheaper, longer. It's going to be easier for a team that's winning to try to handle that contract. When Chow makes 30 million, that's going to be a little bit rough. So I like the fit of both of the guys where they went Mario to the Hawks, you know, and then Chow to the Hornets. You know, and this is what we had talked about before. We'll get with KJ, the KJ trade in a minute, but we'll focus again on the Bucks trade. <clears throat> so Triple A was a top pick last year. You know, people want to make the argument if he trades, if the number third pick gets traded for Mario, do we freak out about it then? I mean, I think no one liked anybody at the third pick. So it's like, yeah, I still think that that would have been bad value. I still think that, you know, at the end of the day, the Hawks needed to give something else up more like Giacometti plus Albright for Mario. I don't think is an overpay. I think it's fair value, you know, but if, if Bubs, 
is targeting a guy like Albright with that with that spot, it makes sense. If he's the one saying, hey, I'll do Albright for Mario, and BJ says yes. You know, now Albright's a guy that I can see him liking because, you know, he's definitely not, you know, Cole, but he's got a decent little skill set. And, you know, I know he values the one through nines. And for a young player, the one through nines are there. Uh, so I, d- I definitely don't hate it. I'm just not really blown away from AAA, and I guess it's like I really, really do like Maria. Really nice player. Um, I really, really like that guy. Uh, and again, the Hawks, you know, being a top team out in the, in the Maynard, you know, I think they took a huge step forward without really giving much up, and that was a really good deal for them because, you know, AAA was coming off the bench. You know, I think that's a huge, huge, huge piece to add to his rotation. You know, that team's definitely going to make the next step. Still trying to figure out what to do with point guard, and that's where it's like I would have liked to have whatever they gave up for Tipton to be able to add a point guard since that Tipton deal was one that we criticized. Uh, but all, at the end of the day, you know, we you, you love it for the Hawks uh, because I think they got a really solid all-star quality player um, for a guy that they weren't really necessarily planning on using at the moment. And since they had signed Market and... Um, Mario could slide in at power forward for them and be a nice matchup piece defensively against other teams' power forward. It makes sense. Now, obviously, they'll, they can slide toes around. Um, and you could say, okay, Chow would fit on that team and he couldn't really match. But I, don't, I, don't, I just didn't see it. I don't see BJ making that trade for Chow. I feel like it would be similar, you know, if my team was more ready. Like, the, the Hawks are not ready. Like, tolls and tolls fucking tolls, towels, whatever. He's not really ready. Sachs isn't fully ready yet. You know, the team's just, they're they are young. They're fun. So I, I just think Mario, way better fit for that team. I just don't think they're ready yet. So, you know, if, if, if Chow gives you a one or two year window with his skill set, definitely makes more sense for the Hornets who seem like they're ready now. Like they, those guys are good. They're ready now. Uh, while you have Wentz, Wentz in his prime, Doyle's fine. You know, you probably still want a teeny bit more out of Falwell, but they have four guys right now in their prime, and he was able to keep Lisecki. Uh So, so awesome, awesome. At the end of the day, the Hornets end up getting exactly what they wanted to do: is to get Chow by just setting by just sending the Bulls pick. Um, but I know we're keep going back and forth. Three trades, and they're kind of all intertwined. And what's ironic is they're all kind of intertwined with the same picks. You know, the Nets. The Nets have a Knicks pick, but the, now the now the Knicks have both a Bulls and a Nets pick, and the Bulls have a Nets and the Bull the Bulls have a Knicks pick. Those three teams are all kind of intertwined with where their picks went. But so I wasn't crazy about the straight up swap of AAA for Mario, but that's because I'm more of a Mario fan maybe than others. Uh, so loved it for the Hawks, but it's also fine for the Bucks. And he didn't give them away. I was obviously being a little extreme there, but. He um, he gets a nice piece to build off of. He's still got his weird guys and their salaries. But if he's just looking to be bad for the next four or five seasons, you know, I don't know. He, you know, he spitballs those guys, and ultimately, by the end of that, by the end of what he's going to end up having, is he'll know who he likes and who he doesn't. And maybe some of these guys stick. Maybe a guy like McCoy sticks. Um, you know, I still feel, think we, you know he's probably come around on he could have didn't need to pay that contract. You know, are any of these other guys gonna gonna stick? Who knows? But. They're clearly at least doing what made sense at the beginning. Now, I forget if he made Mario available at the beginning of the year, but, you know, does he potentially get a better deal for Mario? You know, for all the talk about the Hornets, you know, would he have 
would does he value AAA more than the Nets pick, for example? And he might, and we're going to get to that. You know, and maybe that's the idea. You know, I feel like Lisecki plus the Nets pick ended up being the value that you'd want to be sure that you get something if the Nets pick doesn't hit. And maybe the value of AAA, like, yeah, that might be more than the Nets pick. The Nets pick's more than an unknown. And this is where Kyle's argument actually wins out a little bit, is we don't really know what that is yet. So, like, the value of the trade for the Knicks getting Chow, he wins out, you know, but it still ultimately is going to matter once everything falls in where where it's supposed to be and how, how the pieces fall and what they end up being. So... Because the Knicks, obviously, the Knicks being a playoff team this year doesn't give. Well, I, I guess we just wrap up the Hawks and Bucks deal. So could the, could the Bucks have, if they make Mario available at the, at the beginning, do they potentially get more for Mario? Who knows? You know, could he have gotten more stuff? But if he's happy with with the Hall and the Hall being Albright, then then it's done. And the Knicks, you know, that the Hawks are better. The Bucks have a nice piece. The Bucks rebuild is started, and those teams are done, and they're separated from the other three. Now, the other three is where things get interesting. So let's start with KJ making one of the more worst trades we've seen, and I'm going to call it that because I feel like he didn't capitalize on the Hornets part. So Jay wants to act like I was laughing and kind of a joke, like the trade was a joke. But when I say it's joke, it's not a funny, funny, haha joke. It's a joke that. Why does that trade even happen? Like, it's a joke. Give me a break. It's like when someone makes you that offer, you say, that's a fucking joke. You don't laugh like, oh, that's so funny. Like, no, it's a joke. It's ridiculous. So, yes, the fact that that trade even happened was ridiculous. Yes, if if BJ gives up the same trade that Andre did, we freak out more. But this is what KJ has in the back of his mind is that KJ also knows that I'm making this trade with Andre, someone who's new, that doesn't, you know, like, are, like Andre, we love you, but are, is anybody here really worried about Andre having Chow on his team and trying and being good? You know, he's new. He, he doesn't know all the ins and outs yet. So, like, someone who's new, having a guy like that, I don't think anyone's, like, totally worried. It didn't really offset anything. It was a bad value trade, but it didn't offset anyone, like, it didn't give someone like the Hawks Chow for for crazy cheap value because then the Hawks end up with Chow, right? And then what the Hawks do is they take that Bulls pick, that Bulls 40, and then they flip that for even more. So yeah, it's a bad deal if someone who is really good in the Maynard gets Chow and the Bulls pick to do even more with. But it ends up being the Knicks. And what do the Knicks do is the Knicks end up being a go-between for the Chow to, for Chow to still end up just getting the Nets pick. So we have all these pieces that keep going moving back and forth and it's ultimately going to be the sum when these probably picks end up having to pay off is really how we're going to end up understanding the true value of the trade because originally it was whether I guess the Hornets were going to give up Lasecki or the Nets pick <clears throat> for Chow, not both. So the deal ends up being We'll take the Bulls out of the equation for the second, but ultimately the the Knicks have to give Chow for the Nets pick, but then also throw in the Nuggets pick. I think that was a little bit much. I think if you're throwing in the Nuggets pick, you should be getting Lasecki back. Um, 
you know, how it, Lisecki plus the Nets pick would be a good one of, for him to hold out for, even if he had to throw the Nuggets pick in, but keep the Nuggets pick. I think you could have just easily done the Nets pick for Chow and you swap it out. But where it gets dangerous, and this is what Kyle was probably talking about, is what does on what is Andre left with? And they're kind of all left with holding each other's picks and kind of playing a game of chicken of who's going to be bad and who's going to be who's not whereas if they all just ended up having their picks back at the beginning of this season and the hornets end up with chow that makes the most sense but now they've all got each other's picks in different years and it's a game of chicken of who wants to be good when because now let's look at what andre has andre has the bulls 40 and he has the nets 40 but he just traded chow and he and the nets have his 39 now it's too late for the knicks to try to be really 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 bad if this happens at the beginning of the year the knicks probably just turn around and say look he gives back jay's 40 and then he gets his 39 and the knicks fix what they fucked up at the, at the beginning of the year correct yes that makes the most sense but now the knicks don't want to help the nets because the nets now have their 39 so Andre does not want to give Jay a lottery pick because he has Jay's pick next season. All of this matters. Like, Andre doesn't want to be bad now. So trading Chow technically makes him a little bit worse. And it might make him slide back out of the playoffs. And if he slides out of the playoffs, he gives Jay a lottery pick. Hence, hurting the pick he literally just got for Chow. So it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. It looks like a win. But it only matters if if the Knicks still make the playoffs. So now the Knicks do have stales, I guess, from, from the Hornets trade. But he doesn't want to start being really bad or else he's helping Jay, the team he doesn't want to help because he's giving him a lotto now. And then potentially that makes the Nets a better team next season. And this is where it's a, it's a really – it's like a – it's like if – Dark on Netflix might be one of my favorite shows since Lost. It's probably – it, but it fucks with your mind because it deals with time travel. And this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the time travel value of these picks going back and forth, future years, past years. Everything that these three teams now do has a direct impact on all, of, on, on all the other teams because they all own each other's picks. Like KJ fucks everybody by being good the next two years. And then KJ looks like being good. So when we talk about how does, how, you know, so focusing on each team individually, is probably the best the best case scenario. We've already started with the Knicks, so we're going to keep on the Knicks right now. So the Knicks have the Nets 40 and the Bulls 40. They just lost Chow. So what do they do now? Well, they got Stales. So Stales will help them win a little bit right now, which is fine. Um, they want it, They still want to kind of... Can they still deal Chow and end up in the playoffs? It really depends on what happens with Ricky. So, like, yeah, I mean, obviously I have Ricky's pick, you know, but how bad... How, like, would, would the... Would the would the Knicks want to help the Blazers to where the Blazers stay in the playoffs and then the Knicks drop out? No. Like, Ricky has a lot of expirings right now. And, you know, Ricky could flip the expirings to the Knicks um, to help the Knicks alleviate some cap space. Because now they've they, they lost Chow, but they've taken on Patton. They've taken on Stales. Like, those are two big deals. But again, the Knicks don't necessarily want to be bad this season, I wouldn't think. You know, so if you help Ricky, you're running the risk of now Ricky potentially pushing you further down. You know, the Sonics are the big wild card, but at this point, we're just going to make the assumption that the Sonics get in. So if the Sonics get in, who do they knock out? Do they knock out the Thunder? 
Do they knock out the Blazers? Do they knock out the Knicks? Or do they knock out the Heat? You know, again, and, and if and if you're Andre, you don't want to not you don't want to fall out. So who do you help in this case? I don't think helping the Blazers makes any sense. Now again, this is me. I'm doing the podcast. I obviously am biased. I wouldn't want to see Ricky get any better. But you know, could could I still miss the playoffs and and the the Knicks make it? And the Blazers make it and it doesn't matter for Andre. Sure, that, that, that makes sense. So if Andre could look at it as, I think the Thunder are going to miss or I think the Heat are going to miss um, and I'm not, no matter what, you know, then helping out the Blazers doesn't really hurt him. But, <clears throat> but um, then he has to look at, well, what, what, what do I do about, you know, the Nets and then ultimately the Bulls? Like now I've dealt Chow. Um, and, and if we look at what, what the Knicks are doing as far as the Nets, I guess that's it. The Knicks don't want to give the Nets a lottery pick because if he gives the Nets a lottery pick, then he's going to ultimately be helping Jay for next season because Jay would have his own pick, right? Yeah, Jay's got his own pick, and he would have the Knicks pick. And then I know Jay also has the Suns, and I guess it was, no, not the Bulls. Why do I not know this right now? This is stupid. Oh, he's got the Raptors pick. And the Raptors are in the playoffs right now. The Raptors, and, and this is where it got. Even the Bucks trade has an impact because the Bucks dropped out. So the Bucks dropped out of the playoffs, and that threw the Raptors right back in. And then the, by the Bulls dropping out, that threw the Raptors back in. So, yeah, the Bulls um, the Bulls trade, definitely, you know, that fucks Jay uh, because the Bulls suck again. They're not in the playoffs. Whereas, you know, like, did anybody think the Raptors were probably going to not make the playoffs? I don't think so. We, we really believed that the Raptors were going to slide in and either the Lakers or the Bucks were going to fall out. So now Jay's missing a lottery pick there. You know, so now Andre's path is just like, I need to make the playoffs and I don't want to help Jay get a lottery pick. So the Knicks are done for now. They're holding on to the Nets 40 and they're holding on to the Bulls 40. So now we look at Jay's team. Jay's just stuck in a spot where he's just kind of moving stuff around. Um, he's moving salary around, you know, whatever. But he's looking at it as I need, I need the Knicks to ma- to not make the playoffs. Um, so I end up with two lottery picks, and then you know Jay is going to end up with at least one, counting his own. So he just wants to kind of increase his odds of getting a good picks, and to be able to just kind of be frisky next year. You know, Jay Jay ha- doesn't have his forty. You know, but he does have, I guess he would probably have his 41, you know, and this is where we say in a perfect world, those two teams just swap their picks back and they both stay the course and be bad, you know, but now they're kind of, they have each other's picks and they're going to, and they're offsetting what they really should be doing. Whereas you should just be bad and stay bad. They, they now have, they don't have their picks in weird years. So, so now the Nets, they, they have their pick now. They're not going to have their pick next season, and then they're going to have their pick again afterwards. So it's kind of like, how good do they really want to be in 40 knowing that they're going to be bad again? You know, so it, 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 I guess it's, you know, he doesn't have to have real a ton of incentive to, to be super bad next season or to be to be that good next season because, you know, then he gives, he, he gives Andre a pick. But if the point is you don't care, um, you just kind of see where your chips fall where they may now. And see, like, I'm talking in circles right now. This is how confusing it is. But I want to look at it from each team. So Jay's best course of action is hoping the Knicks suck and he gets two lotto picks out of it. And then he won't have us 40. And he either just rolls back with what he has. But he'll be a guy that probably would be willing to kind of take stuff on next season. Contracts that people want to get rid of. 
um, if it doesn't completely cripple him moving forward with what he wants to do in the future. And again, if he's going to get assets attached and also be able to be kind of frisky next year because he doesn't have his pick, that might be a position that Jay's in. So we look at that. But now the biggest curveball for all of this really comes into the sneaky addition of the Bulls having the Knicks 41 first. And that was key. And I think we look at the fact of, could the Knicks really be that bad in 41? Like, they weren't terrible this year, but guess what? They still were under 500 with that core. They still were under 500 with the core that they had, and it took adding Chow to make that happen. So the Bulls are looking at it as, I get to, I make him throw in his 41, the Thunder 41, and I give him my 40. Now again, the Bulls traded their 40, and that's what really put the trade over that made it look terrible, is that the Bulls theoretically should be bad in 40, but what's going to happen to the Knicks in 41? Now, you probably want to, if you're the Knicks, you're betting on, I really think the Bulls are going to suck next year, but what are you going to look like in 41? And that's what KJ's risking. So when we say it's the worst trade ever, it it has the potential to be. And I think if we were saying that the Bulls gave up their 41st and they gave up, um, if they gave up their 41st plus Chow to get Vincent, it, it is truly terrible. But the fact that they got the Knicks 41 thrown in um, to obviously maybe offset their 40 could potentially pay dividends. And here's how, okay? So Andre right now either is or is not going to make the playoffs. And that's going to dictate the a little bit of value for the Nets pick. So for KJ, best scenario, best case scenario is that is that the Knicks miss the playoffs, okay? Right now, so the Knicks have traded Chow. Maybe the Knicks do more moves to purge salary. Maybe those are guys that help them win. The Knicks fall out of the playoffs and give Jay a lotto pick. So all of our conspiracy theories will come true if the Knicks miss the playoffs and that pick lands top three. Because that and 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 God forbid Jay's pick lands high in the lottery too. So Jay ends up getting two decent picks because the Knicks fell out. And now Jay is somewhat decent in 40. Which means that now the Nets pick that everyone's been coveting for Chow, and because the Knicks couldn't get Chow and Lasecki, the Knicks Knicks only end up getting the Nets 40 out of it. And this is what we kept saying. We don't know what that Nets pick's going to look like. The Nets look like really, really bad right now. But look how quickly the Bulls spun it around by adding a guy. You know, the Knicks are going to have a ton. The Nets are going to have a ton of random assets. People might be selling. Could the Nets be buying on Bailey? We've seen crazier things literally just happen. So we don't know what the Nets pick is going to be. So if you're someone like Bubbles out there and you say, I want Albright instead of the Nets pick, you know what? Can't blame him. Can't blame him at all. Like Lisecki's probably a little bit older than what some teams want to do, but it's like I would want Lasecki and the Nets pick to assure I get a sure thing because now we don't know what the Nets pick's going to be. So if you're if you're KJ, you're hoping that the Knicks miss the playoffs, give Jay a couple lottery picks, and then now suddenly the Nets pick that everyone's is thinking is going to be really good. Yes, it has a ton of upside. We get it. Like there's a, clearly a path where it goes the opposite direction for for all these teams. But it's funny how they're all three intertwined. Um they all have a resulting consequences against each other's picks is and how they do. It's not like, you know, someone like Ricky has, has the Nets pick. 
It's like everyone who is trying to be good slash bad has each other's picks. It's really funny. Like I said, it's a game of chicken. So now, um, you know, he's hoping that the Knicks, the Knicks don't end up getting something good with the Nets pick. So now the Knicks have the team that they have now without Chow and without the Nets pick having a ton of value. Now, I don't think it would ever be to the point where it's not like a teens pick. So now the Knicks start 41. And what do the Knicks look like in 41? Of course, it depends on progressions. Of course, it depends on how Kowalski looks. And this would be two seasons of progressions. How's Kowalski going to look? How's, Vi- how's Matthews going to look? You know, Danville. You know, what, what's going on with Parsons, the, the young core? You know, I, 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 Kowalski's probably the bigger one because he's the bigger prospect. You know, how much better is a guy like Danville going to be? You know, Matthews could be, but I just don't know, if you, you know, a future upside. So it's kind of like he, he mentioned it casually, but it is legit. Like, what are the Knicks going to look like in 41? If the Bulls, also the Bulls don't have any incentive to be bad next season either. So if the Bulls want to be want to be weird and take stuff on, now we've seen them suck bad now. So you have to think that the Bulls pick, no matter what, is still going to be a good asset. So at the end of the day, the trade is still bad because the Bulls pick should theoretically be worse than the Knicks pick. But imagine the Bulls come out of the gate with something next year, with something, and they're somehow decent. Is there some sort of bizarre path where the Knicks would want their 41 back for the Bulls pick? Probably not, because now you're just saying you're giving up on the hope of all these teams being bad. And it's probably way more fun to hope other teams suck and to think that you'll be good than to just put the playing field back where it started. But you see how there's a path here. There is a random path for the Bulls, and everything would probably have to work in their favor, where the Bulls believe in themselves next year to make playoffs. The Bulls hope the Knicks miss playoffs now, and that the Knicks end end up with a devalued 40 and a a devalued 40 for both both teams. So both both picks don't end up being what, what we potentially think they could be. And that the Knicks in 41 just aren't as great, and that he ends up getting back you know, something decent from the Knicks. Now, look, that's a long winded way of me spending 26 minutes talking in circles. And I'm sorry, your ears probably hurt. Your brains hurt. You know, we've talked enough about he who we no longer need to speak about. It's for me to tell you 30 minutes to get to a point where it's going to take like a huge hail Mary for this to work in KJ's favor. And at the end of the day, we're talking about the Knicks 41 and Vincent. And it's like, he could have just not traded his 40 <laughs> and we wouldn't be talking about this. He could have just not traded his 40 and traded, traded Chow to the Hornets for whatever deal made sense. And, and we said this the other day and I was joking and laughing because the point was it didn't need to happen. The Hornets clearly had some sort of workings of a better offer there. So how, how, the how the basically the Knicks ended up with what the Hornets should have given KJ in the first place is just mind-boggling and unnecessary but now everybody because it took an extra team and an extra trade for Chow to end up on the Hornets is all these guys have each other's picks you know the Bulls should just simply have what the Hornets wanted to pay for Chow and we're done with it but now Andre's involved and now since Andre's traded his 41 there's a huge curveball out there too, potentially. So while we want to say it's one of the worst trades ever and KJ obviously just, you know, has to go out and do these things sometimes and we talk about how more ridiculous it would have been. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. 
but but it's still not like KJ got nothing back. The return is is pretty terrible, but that Knicks forty one is still weird, and it's it's an extreme example. But hey, it's Andre, and he's already messed it up once. He could mess it up again. Andre could miss the playoffs this year. Not quite understand what to do next season. The Bulls make the playoffs. The Nets make the playoffs. Andre is stuck with picks in the teens. And then somehow Andre has a weird team in 41. KJ doesn't look like the biggest loser ever. And the biggest winner ever is probably Kyle. Because... You know, these teams should be staying the course and being bad. And now it's like, it takes, it's going to take, now we're in 39, next year's 40, and then we have 41. It's going to take two to three more seasons for us to fully see the full ramifications of where everything lies. And at the end of the day, like the Hornets are good, great. But we have three franchises that are kind of all dependent upon their other, the other team sucking. <laughs> Didn't have to happen this way, guys. But people want to make dumb moves, and I guess it's adding dumb moves on top of dumb moves. Is that kind of what it is? And it's like, how do you fix it? Just get your picks back, people. Just get your picks back. Do the blank slate. But it does leave a spot where everybody wants to be good and wants to not make other people bad because we're talking about incentives of people not having, um, you know, just just the lost, you know, like if you don't have your pick, you don't you don't care anymore. But what's funny is now is that, yeah, it does matter because they don't have their own pick anymore, but these other teams have theirs. So it, it's kind of like Smath right now. Smath has Bailey, but if he loses Bailey, the Sonics are for sure making the playoffs. And I understand it's he's waiting for the better trade to come along. And once, once a good trade comes along, he's going he's gonna to get it. But we've seen by these rash of recent trades, the value's not there anymore, seemingly for anybody. But yeah, for Smath, if, uh, if he can end up making a deal and trades Bailey now, the Sonics are in the playoffs and he hurts the Sonics pick. Ideally, Smath would want to stay as good as possible while getting a really good haul for Bailey and the Sonics still miss the playoffs. And you know what? I did say I would mention something about Smath and why is that? And he always feels like he gets it. I I think it's just because Smath always feels like his offer is the best. That's fine. He always feels like his offer is the best and doesn't want to see the other side of it and doesn't understand why some people won't do stuff. You know, and it's like, sure, sometimes people say no and maybe they should have made it. They maybe they should have made a trade. But if you're going to always be blinded by the fact that, you know, you should get that, like you should always get awesome value. Your trade offers are always the best. Well, if you're never going to open your mind to that and play the timing of the markets, I think that's what happens is that, you know, when he was trying to be really, really, really good, he couldn't get a deal done because he insisted that his offers were always the best. Maybe the players weren't really there. Maybe the timing was bad. You know, maybe the picks were, um, and that didn't work out, you know, and then now on the flip side, he's got a player and he can't get the full max value that he wants for him. Chow thing ended up working out because I guess he still got, obviously, since he got a bull, what did he get? He got a Sonics 30 and a Bulls pick, the Bulls 41. So he's got the Bulls 41, you know, so the Bulls 41, we said it could probably work out because KJ does shit like this. So he, you know, like the most sure thing I think out there you have right now is probably that the Bulls 41 maybe has the most value of any of this stuff. I guess. I don't know. God, my fucking head hurts. 30 minutes. Shit, what a waste this might have been. It was fun, though. Oh, we're never going to stop talking about this, are we? All right, well, guess what? I'm done for now.
Smath, trade Bailey. Get something good for him. Just hope the Sonics still don't make the playoffs. And maybe that's the case right now, like we've talked about. Maybe the Knicks are still good. Maybe the Thunder are still good. Maybe the Blazers are still good. Maybe you can trade Bailey and the Sonics still don't make it. Everybody wins. Or at least in this case, Smath wins and everyone else loses. I don't know. God. Ugh, I need a nap. Peace.